the tape! And now, ladies and gentlemen, he's... Is that why you are here? Welcome, everybody, to episode 10 of the Rip City Goons. I am one half of your co-host, co-host uh, DJ Nick at Night, and my other co-host, Cousin Silas Chicanery, in the building. Thank you all for joining us, and also, thank you, everybody, that tuned in, streamed, listened to this. I mean, we had somebody from uh, Paraguay in South America, Paraguay, or whatever, tune in. So that was really cool to see that. And then, uh, you know, getting actually getting a podcast out and, you know, having 500 people, you know, view it uh, on social media and stuff was like, you know, a pretty major accomplishment. So feel pretty good about that. And thank you for everybody who tunes in to listen to us uh, blabber on about sports and entertainment and just, you know, stuff we all like, right? Keep us entertained. Talk shit. So yeah, thank you everybody that tuned in, and uh, we're gonna get started with the NBA, particularly the Portland Trailblazers because we just we just blew the whole team up. We made some uh, major moves. The interim GM has made more moves this offseason or this trade deadline than in the last decade, you know. Uh, yeah. Under under the old uh, regime, so this is kind of crazy, but. CJ McCollum uh, was a big one because that is a that is a shifter in the franchise because he has been the Robin to Dame's Batman for the last nine years and uh, is very fond of the city. It's very hard for the city to accept that, you know, just because CJ is a great player, you, you kind of got to have one or the other. You get Dame or you're going to have CJ, but the mixture just hasn't worked and uh, it, it can't win. Uh, with two max salary caps going at that rate. And it's not even so much a talent thing because CJ is very, very talented. You know, he, he makes a lot of buckets and he always has. Well, he's a great scorer. Uh, he's not, I mean, that's the, the, the problem with those two together is the defense. It's that they, they can't guard one or two. Uh, they certainly can't guard a three. So you've got a, a situation where you're shooting and you're just trying to outscore your opponent. You're not trying to stop them. And that's just, you know, at a certain point, that's just it's not enough. Doesn't um, work. It doesn't work in the NBA. It no, I mean, I, yeah. I think what I think will happen, though, is he'll have a great, you know, remainder of his career. Probably won't ever leave New Orleans. I wouldn't if I got traded to New Orleans just because the city's cool. But um, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think he'll go there. He'll endear himself to their um, to their fan base like he did to ours. I mean, that's the thing. He's a he's a really cool dude. He's a really nice guy. Uh, he wrote that Players Tribune article, uh, like thanking Portland for nine years, and uh, it was really complimentary of the city. It was really complimentary of his time here. Um, and I wish him the best. I really hope that he does well in New Orleans. He, I mean, he's got Zion now. I mean, that's a huge. I don't know if it's a step up. It's a huge like step sideways from Dame. Like you know, having that young guy on your team. I mean, Zion's hurt well, right it, now. It makes more sense. It makes more sense because right. Zion's a he's a powerhouse guy. Uh, but I'm really happy. You know, this Josh Hart that we got. I think Portland's going to grow to love this guy. And I've been watching him play at least this last year, maybe two years. And uh, he's really an amazing 
uh, athlete, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a known winner, you know what I mean, in the NCAA level. And uh, he's coming in, he's a little bit bigger, he's a little bit longer, and like, you know, we talked about earlier, he can play that legitimate two spot. Two guard. That we need so desperately. Yeah. Um, and so he fills that gap. So he came in, and uh, first game here versus the Knicks at home, Portland at home. And what did he drop? Uh, he had 23 points uh, on seven for 12 shooting. Uh, yeah. and made three three-pointers. <laughs> Missed two free throws. Not a big fan of that, but I'm just joking. <laughs> no, it happens. That's a good you know, start. And, That's a good start. And, and it's then a great first game. You compile that with Anthony Simons, mm -hmm. who, who played, you know, I got to go down to the uh, to the Laker game, right? Saw the Blazers-Lakers, got courtside mm -hmm. tickets, never been down there. Really, really cool experience uh, to be on the floor with LeBron, just even walking by with my beer. You know, it was just really cool to be a part of that, the Lake Show in town. And see Carmelo and Dwight and just everybody, you know, Russell Westbrook. And just, even if they didn't play, they were still there, you know. And um, Anthony Simons, dude, wow. You just, he broke. I watched him single-handedly just break the Lakers in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? And it was mm -hmm. like, it was weird. Cause I was like, this is so weird. And I was like, you got uh, Anthony Simons going off in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Just hitting everything. And uh, and then our defense getting steals. I mean, LeBron got stole from in the in that fourth quarter, you know, in, in the clutch moments. Uh, by our point guard, uh, he's kind of the interim dude until Dame comes back. I'm not quite sure what his name is. I should know that. But uh, uh, the point guard is it? It's not him. I don't know. It's not, he's probably gone now. Dennis no, Smith. Yeah, that comes off. You know, coming off the bench, holding it down for Dame, and hits that hits a steal on LeBron. Right, like it was crazy. And then they just kept mm -hmm. scoring and scoring and like. I can see that Chauncey Bullocks has an idea. And I think the idea of the Blazers in the future is going to be young troublemaker energy that's just going to break teams in the stretch because... You think it's going to be like his Pistons teams? Is that uh, what it reminds you of? Like with Rashid and Ben and... It's hard for me to say because that Rip. was such a, a big guy team yeah in wallace you know what i mean it was such a it was such a big guy ben wallace team. played a lot bigger than he was though if you remember i mean well, ben wallace. I, yeah i know but that was like a you know a four and a five dominating everybody you know what i yeah, mean i was like it was a different type of and Cha of course chauncey was great but i i always look at that team as ben wallace and rashid just like Deboing everybody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? They were in their prime. They were just so aggressive and strong, and and they had a they had finesse down low. They could score, like, and you couldn't yeah. stop, you know. So it was like it wasn't so much a small man team, but what Chauncey did was he came in and, and you know a lot of the vets and guys that were too comfortable. He just said, "Look, I'm looking for energy. I'm looking for defense. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't fit, it just doesn't fit. You know, I'm not looking to." to score 120 points a game and not play defense. I'm looking for energy. And and right away, he put the bench in right away. They were getting like a ton of minutes. LLB, you didn't even see LLB at all when Stotts, mm -hmm. you know, half the half the bench, you didn't even see him. 
Stotts would just well, Stotts was very home. Stotts really liked veterans. He didn't like rookies, so you wouldn't see you wouldn't see kids uh, play. I mean, Dame obvious exception, but um, when it came to like Zach Collins, like I don't think he played for his first year very much. He he just doesn't, he didn't like rookies. Um, he didn't like playing young guys. And he wanted you this, to be though, a veteran. Chauncey Bullops is a guy who's played in the league, and he's gone from young and fresh and determined to old salty veteran world champion. He's done the whole thing. Yeah. So, what bothered Chauncey Bullops as a player? Young, energetic, scrappy players, and he was a veteran that wouldn't leave him alone, and they just, you know, he knows what wins. And look at what happened with the Lakers. All the veteran IQ in the world, but nobody can stay healthy for, for not everybody will ever play together. They can't. Yeah. They just can't. So, they got all the knowledge, but when you got a second-year guy, who's got something to prove, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's hungry. Like, these guys, Ellaby, he's a nuisance. These guys hate playing against him because all their, you know, he's making a name for himself, being a, just a high-energy, you know, in-your-face, defense, scrappy, just playing hard, and it's ugly, and nobody wants to deal with that, dude. If you're a veteran, mm-hmm. you get off of me. You know, can I just hit my fade away? Like, I don't even want to, you know, you can tell that's that was the look LeBron and them have. It's just like, God damn it. Like, we guys just quit and accept that we are LeBron and the Lakers and just stop, you know, and mm-hmm. they, they did it. They just kept coming, you know, it was like annoying the shit out of them, yeah. you know? Well, when you've got, you know, the thing is, Anthony Simons is playing for for a second contract at this point, realistically. I mean, he's what, in his third? He's I want to say for third a starting year? position. Well, he's, dude, he's got to, he's got to make them, he's got to make money. I mean, he had, so he was stuck in that situation where Stotts didn't want to play the rookie. So Simon's right. never got any playing time, you know, um, in his first year. And then he didn't really get any last year. So he's right. coming into a situation where he, he's playing for, you know, his, his, his rookie contract is coming up. He's trying to find a starting job. He's trying to find his position on the team. Um, and he's trying to step up for the the literal face of this franchise. Um, yeah. And he's like 22 years old doing it. Yeah. It's crazy. And th- that's what what I've seen with him was that he is he looked different up close and personal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On the court, watching him play, than every single basketball player out there. He was faster. He was smoother. He was more uh agile he was just it was like you know fucking picasso it looked really really good i felt like i'm watching the lakers whoever's picking him up i felt bad for him so i'm like he's on fire who the hell is even on the lakers right now well (laughs) like looking here's here's the problem is they got rid of all their young talent okay Mm -hmm. so for lebron well not for him specifically but for for his his happiness he wanted to assemble a roster and good for you you should if you're lebron james absolutely you should you should be basically have as much power as the general manager you're lebron james and everyone should step mm-hmm. aside like they did in miami okay okay lebron it's your show go win it whatever mm-hmm. you want what do you want you know what i mean let's let's do it um however when your friends start getting older i don't think he wanted westbrook I think they forced Westbrook in the locker room, and that that mm-hmm. made some some issues, right, for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had his friends, so he had Carmelo. He made the phone call. He got Melo there, and that's cool. And maybe Dwight, you know, and some of these guys. 
Uh, but it's not 2012 anymore. Okay, in 2012, this would have been NBA 2K franchise mode, man. You would have won the whole thing easy uh, with, with that roster. Dwight coming off. And they've the, got nothing coming off the bench. They got really. nothing. They got rid of all their young talent. And this is the difference between the Blazers build and what the Lakers are doing right now is the Lakers are relying on that veteran. And in the playoffs, if they all get healthy by the playoffs, it'll be a problem. But if they are mm-hmm. not, it's going to be another kind of problem for them where the Blazers are like, we're going to take the hit now. We need, we want young, scrappy dudes and just a little bit of sprinkle of veteran leadership. We keep Dame, you know what I mean? We keep, uh, but we we bring in, let's try something else. Let's try some younger guys. Maybe stretch it out a little bit. Maybe grow a little bit. And, and not only that, give the young guys the reps and they're getting the ball and they get to play. And... A lot of NBA teams don't utilize the bench and their superstars are hurt half the year. You yeah. gotta, in college, everybody plays, dude. You know what I mean? Like everybody's yeah. coming off the bench in college, dude. Like we all gotta win this. In the NBA, we're like, we got five guys. The rest of you are temporary, you know that. Uh, maybe we'll get a good deal for you, just hang tight. And please God, I hope one of my, my starting five doesn't go down. Because if they do, we're dropping 20 games this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? And look, you can they... give it, you can lose one guy. You can't like so, you know, you can't lose Dane. I mean, you're looking at what happens if you lose your star. You can lose a starter. And what do you, you can't lose? What do you end up doing to guys? You end up Penny Hardaway in a guy. You end up Tracy McGrady mm-hmm. in a guy. You end up you end up playing a guy so hard that he's fucked. And your franchise yeah. is then your Jerry Stackhouse. You're 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 fucked once that guy gets hurt. Grant he's... Hill. Grant Hill, because you're running that guy way more than he needs to run, right? Where mm-hmm. now the league has been a little. Well, they're more... used to they're doing the the load management a lot more now. You're and seeing Kobe, you know what I mean? Happen. Like you, when you play that many games, you know it, it takes a toll on you, and you know it, it's better like utilize your bench. They are still NBA players. They are still that good. Mm-hmm. They're not LA Fitness yeah. Rec Center basketball players. They're, they're not you and me. Right. They're not us. <laughs> these are these are like professional, you know, super athletes. Use all of them and wear the other team out. That's part of the strategy of the game. And that's what the Blazers are doing. It looks good because mm-hmm. the Knicks are good too, right? The Knicks are not crap. They're pretty good this year. And they all have right. been with uh with Julius Randle. They have been reemerging yep. as right. a uh, and I watch these guys that usually sit on the bench in Portland come out and just terrorize the guy and then they win, you know, and I get we're at home and it's from New York and it's right before the all-star break. So it's, it's speculative, but if you win, you can win in the postseason. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing you can, you, if you know, you can win, you can win in the postseason. You know, are you actually saying that you think the Blazers are going to get into the postseason this season? I think it's irrelevant. I, I am not. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're aiming. I mean, they're only in tenth. I mean, they're not that far out. I mean, they're five. What five games out right now? This is what I think. I think if they make it great, if they get eliminated first round, whatever, no harm, no foul. But we've gotten under salary cap. Dame is mm-hmm. going to be healthy from sitting the whole year, which he's never got to do. Right? They had to force him basically to have surgery and just said, just do it now, no more, mm-hmm. just do it. We don't, you know, we need you for the next, we want to retire you. We don't want to 
burn mm. you out. So good, good for management, good for them, you know? And, and I, th- I really do. I think they sat down with Damon and said, Hey, we want you to win, but it's gonna, it's gonna hurt. Cause we're going to have to get rid of some guys to do that. And yeah. now's the time because the general manager is gone. Now's the time to move. If we're going to move and we're going to get some picks and we're going to see what we get out of the NCAA and get more scrappy, young, hungry guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. That are going to come in and, and the guy, and we're going to know our entire bench. Now we're going to know who we got, who wants to play, who's a part of it. Uh, we're going to know. I just want to make sure that they don't draft another fucking guard. Like, no more guards. They they won't because, dude, you got Ellaby, who's been playing really, really well. You just got Hart, who's an all-star. You got Dame, who's going to be healthy, right? You don't, we're not looking for guards. What we need. I mean, I'm just saying, it's a Neil Olshay joke. He he just drafted guard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he did. And and that's, you know, I get a little emotional because if they did that, that's ridiculous, you know, and you never know (laughs) with the Blazers. But it looks like. With what Chauncey knows mm-hmm. and how he's built, because he came out early on in the year and said, "My starting lineup is not motivating my bench," and and they put him in situations where they're down by 15, 20 points. It's not fair to the bench mm-hmm. to put them in those situations. These young guys in those situations all the time—they're motivating you, you mm-hmm. know—and it's it's backwards. So when I heard him say that, I said, "Oh, he's on to something." He's doing something. He's thinking. Yeah. He's he's because he's not. He's been in the league. He's a world champion. He knows the locker room. Yeah. Like you can't. He's fool. had to do it a couple of times. You can't yeah. fool him. He's worked with everybody, and he knows. So he he if, and what well, he's he, worked with hard-headed stars too. I mean, he was in the locker room with Rashid Wallace, who anybody who yeah. spent any time in Portland or around Portland or watched Portland sports ever knows he's one of the most. I mean, I, he. Diva. I, He's a, well, he's, I've been told he's a really, really, really nice guy and people really like him, but he's a pain in the ass on the court. Um, and he was able to deal with him so and get to a championship with him. And look, I'm not I don't want to bash Rashid. I love Rashid because the, the that Blazers unit was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um and he he did. He gave it his best shot and he we, he gave it everything he had here in the city, so I can never knock him. But again, Chauncey knows, right, that what I need and I need to, to win basketball. I need speed, youth, agility, hunger, and drive like all the whole game or mm-hmm. you will never beat these, these crafty veterans on the court. And now we're on a two game win streak over the Lakers and the Knicks. Right. Yeah. So and with nobody, with guys that haven't even seen the playbook yet, they just got <laughs> off the airplane and we're winning. Yeah. Right. So if that doesn't tell you something about the future, that should excite you like it does me then you know no i'm excited i mean look i think i i think we have wasted enough years of damian lillard's career um so i anything that might get us to a point where you know we can make another deep run into the playoffs and hopefully you know maybe win a championship wouldn't that be a a fucking thing to happen in portland and then you know (laughs) yeah well (laughs) anything is possible man especially in basketball you know Mm -hmm. anything is possible in basketball um because you can those cinderella stories and stuff and that's why we all love basketball sweet 16s and you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. this stuff is possible at the highest level because milwaukee won last year right like milwaukee milwaukee has milwaukee has probably one of the best players 
I mean, ever. Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of the best basketball players that's ever played the game. Um, he's different than everybody else. Him and and Durant and 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 LeBron are. They're just. They're just gifted physically in a way that none of us are. <laughs> they're just that good at sport. It was you know weird I mean? when I was on the court and just walking by, you know, mm-hmm. and glancing at, you know, because I was on the Lakers side, glancing at LeBron and just seeing him that close. Totally different type of human being than I've ever seen in my life. Like, he was massive. Yeah, I was like, I was, I not just was massive, far away but, on like a shit when I was watching like a game. I think I was watching a Lakers game years ago when Shaq and Kobe were on the team. Uh, and just seeing Shaq from like the second deck of yeah. the of the Moda or the Rose Garden. You got to see Kobe and Shaq? Yeah, years and years ago. Oh wow. Dude, very cool. Yeah. Uh yeah, and then I also got to see, I saw him foul out when we won. It was uh it was like a it was one of those weird like I don't know, it was early. It was like when I first moved here from Alaska. We went and we went to that game. Nice. Dude, I uh, but I, I was, saw Shaq as well, but I saw yeah. Orlando Magic Shaq. Oh, you did? Yeah, nice. and, and Penny Hardaway. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Penny Hardaway. My dad went with me, and we waited by the buses, and I got an autograph from Penny, and I still have that nice. magazine somewhere. But Yeah. I didn't see Shaq. Penny, man, the, those guys. <sighs> I, I go back to Penny and Tracy McGrady and the fact that it wasn't no, but T Mac was drafted by the Raptors, right? He wasn't a he wasn't a uh, Magic, right? He played on the Magic at some point, though. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he went Magic then Houston. I think that's how that went. Like he okay. started Raptor, went yeah, um, went Magic. Dude, can you imagine though if Vince Carter and T Mac had stayed on the Raptors? Dude, you know, when... uh, you know, versus TV. Have you ever you ever watch anything on the versus TV? The, well, so like rappers, they do like this little battle, basically. Oh, I know, Sharma. Yeah, yeah. Now they're going to incorporate basketball players. So they're having Tracy McGrady versus Allen Iverson, and they're going to do a highlight showdown between the two, and one of them's going to win or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, cool Iverson has more years of it, so Iverson's going to win that. But that is really cool to kind of like put their careers up against each other. Iverson, dude, Iverson's different though i mean iverson was that short guy who was just different in the same way that uh Giannis and and durant are different because of their size and grace and abilities be that that uh size allows for them iverson is the opposite of that in that he's so small but he worked through he outworked everybody and was just gifted on a level that i don't know we'll ever see again he had more heart and he mm-hmm. was not he was not scared of anything or anything. Yeah, that was it. He had no fear. Like he would be, if you're Shaq, he's coming. Mm-hmm. He's Iverson is and he'll be there so fast. You're just gonna be like, what the hell just happened to me? Yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, that's the question, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Because a guy that's that small, but that fearless and determined, uh and skilled, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. guys, when I when you see Iverson dunk, those early dunks, you're like, there's no way that guy should even be able to get up that high. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like you see it and you're like, God, that's it's just as impressive as a guy jumping, you know, six, seven, jumping over the rim like Vince Carter because he should not be up that high. 
Yeah. Like, it takes him a while to get back to the ground. You know it's what I mean? It's kind of funny. Yeah, seeing him dunk, he would like jump, and it was like weird because he kept he kept going further than he should yeah. have. Yeah. So on that note of Allen Iverson, though, let's 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 kind of switch gears a little bit to this. Um, James Harden is now on what his fourth team. Yeah. After he's traded from the Nets. Uh, and he wanted out for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond right at the uh, deadline. And he wanted out. And I think Durant is quoted as saying, everybody got what they wanted, which makes me think Durant wanted him out. Durant didn't pick him up in the All-Star game. I saw that. So, yeah, that's what I'm... So, I'm wondering... Harden is obviously a great basketball player. In a one-on-one league, I would say he's probably one of the best ever. But as a team basketball player, he's he must be the most difficult person to fucking deal with because he keeps like he he couldn't get along with Chris Paul, he couldn't get along with Russell Westbrook, he couldn't get along with Durant twice, he couldn't get along with uh with anybody if anybody else is there, he's got to go because it's it's either ego or I don't know what it is, but something about James Harden obviously makes people want him. James to Harden the is the Kanye West of the NBA, dude. That's yeah, what I. Just, that's, that's what that's I think. What it is? I think that yeah, he did. Remember, he was in Dallas or whatever, right? And he was like pretending to be fat so they would trade him. Was he in Dallas? I don't. I don't wherever even know how. Was, wherever he was at, he was in Houston. Houston, yeah, in Houston. There was all this stuff about Fat Harden, and he would walk around and he had his belly sticking out, like he'd push it out on the court. And everyone's oh like, "Why God. the hell is he so fat?" And then he went to Brooklyn <laughs> and he wasn't fat anymore, and then like was doing fine. I don't blame anybody for this Brooklyn thing, okay? I don't blame it because here's the thing: you, you're trying to do what LeBron did, but you are not LeBron. Mm-hmm. LeBron is the captain of the ship and everybody else is coming in and they get what they need to do even if you're Dwayne Wade but we all know we're all here Kevin Durant he don't want to talk to nobody he don't want to babysit anybody he don't care he's he's like whatever dude he, he's listening I saw him in Portland at the Talib Kweli show that dude's listening to Talib Kweli on the bus leave me alone uh, mm-hmm. you know he, he, he doesn't he doesn't babysit anybody he's not and he's not going to the club with you either after. Yeah. He's not fucking hanging out with you. He's he's gonna drop 40 and go home and play some fucking video games. Cause that's what that's that's who he is. He's mm-hmm. a cool, he's a mellow guy. Kyrie is gonna go home and read a bunch of crazy fucking uh philosophy. Conspiracy books. And conspiracies and whatever, you know, and he and he's gonna go listen to Lib Quality, you know, and like, mm-hmm. you know, there so James Harden. Why do you think he was in Houston? He wants to fucking hang out with Mike Jones. He wants to party. He wants to Odell Beckham Jr. It. He wants to be in it. Like, dude, he would be a better Laker, right? Like, than, than anything. Because he's not... He's very, very good at basketball in all the funniest kind of ways. Because he gets to the free throw line all day long on the funniest flops ever. Yeah. So, but he will cross you up and make you look like a fool at the same time because he is very talented and he's a lefty i believe right so it's like it's a weird it's a weird thing that he's got going on Mm -hmm. however it's not a fit in brooklyn it's not a fit brooklyn kyrie and kd make sense in brooklyn to me it makes sense uh james harden does not make sense and westbrook 
He don't care about anybody. No, he doesn't. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Is I think so. Here's not the in a, not in a uh, negative way, right? Westbrook yeah. is. I am Russell Westbrook, and ain't nobody telling me shit, right? right. Like it, I don't care who you are. I'm. No one's telling me. He's, he's a South Central yeah. LA dude. Nobody's telling Westbrook anything at all. Uh, so he's not. He's not Chris Bosh, right? Yeah. He's going to be, he's well, gonna, he's, he's going to score. He wants to score with points. He wants to do that. And that, you know, I don't, he wants to get paid. I, I don't know. I don't have a problem. Like I'm not a huge Westbrook fan basketball wise. Like, but you know, he doesn't, people think he's really great. He is really great at basketball. He's just, there are some guys that are team guys and there's some guys that are not. And the way the NBA works now, those team guys are going to be like the LeBrons are going to win more championships. They're going to be in more championships. The Steph right. Curry's, the J, the, the, the Draymond's and the um, Clay Thompson's, those guys are going to win championships because yeah. they can, they can take a back seat when another guy's having a hot night. Whereas Harden's got to have the hot night every single night. Harden is the night. He right. is, he, you know, it is, it's the Harden show, but I tell you what, Philly, Embiid, it doesn't matter who you are. Embiid's the guy in Philly, and he's the best. He's the best center. I'm saying it right now, in the NBA, mm-hmm. he is the best yep. five. And uh, Anthony Davis comes in number two, and I love AD. Right? Uh, I love I love everything about a- AD's game, man. Seeing that guy in real life was crazy too, man, because he's that guy's mm-hmm. huge and just uh, it's insane. You know, I saw him when he played uh, for the Pelicans. I, he, he, looked, and... he looked at me because he, he he bammed it and I, I like jumped out of my seat. Right. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know, like two or three rows back, you know, from the yeah. actual court. And he like looked at me. I was like, I was like, oh, I was like too much power. AD, too much <laughs> power. They can't get in. You like look back and kind of smiled a little bit and, you know, kept playing. So it was kind of cool. But uh, but MB and Harden is good because now they got to worry about Harden because he can put up thirty something in Philly and Ben Simmons can't shoot. So yeah, now and MB, if you don't, you got to worry about him because no one can guard him. He's too good. Yeah, AD is the uh, only so one. So you know that you know that Joel Joel Embiid is at twenty nine point five points per game. He's the he's the leader. It's the season leader in points per game right now. Right, and now imagine above LeBron and above Antetokounmpo. No, he's mad. They almost went all the way last year, and he's freaking—he's mad, and mm-hmm. he's healthy, and he's unbelievable. You know. Yeah. You know the funny thing about that guy is he was a volleyball player. He didn't even know basketball. Mm-hmm. They went and saw that guy, and they're like, "Hey, man, have you ever heard of this game called basketball? <laughs> like, you would be really, really good at that. Like, keep, do your volleyball thing or whatever. But I'm telling you, you could do really good at this. And you know, yeah. sure enough, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. one of one of the greats of this era. But he he wants to win, and Philly wants to win now. And they're tired. Mm-hmm. Of it. They want to win right now. They're not they're not trying to rebuild. They're not trying to get young. They got the best center in the game, and they want to win now. So what do you do? Get Harden because he wants to play. In get Philly Harden, Madden. and you get a thirty-seven-year-old Paul Millsap to come off the bench. Well, you know, you cut Millsap, but you get Harden out of the deal. You pay Millsap out, and there you go. You know what I or mean? Or you like, keep him. He's a good bench forward. And Millsap not only is... that, Philly's got a man. Uh, he's a small forward, I believe. And uh, if you haven't seen this guy play, he's a he's a superstar, dude. And he's in the like in the playoffs last year. He was a fucking problem. For mm-hmm. Including, uh, yeah, he's a problem for people. So, you know, where you look at Milwaukee, 
and it's getting a little bit old. Not Giannis, but everything around him is like not white. I mean, he's got to have some hot, hot nights to get through the playoffs. A lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, in the East. Because, and I'm, that's why I'm saying Philly is that good, but now Brooklyn is also that good because Ben Simmons don't shoot. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about Ben Simmons is he fills a role. He fills a role I was talking about last week. Uh, that one role, the one reason I think the Blazers might trade for him or should trade for him, he fills that role very well in in Brooklyn. They don't need another scorer. They have two uh, that can pretty much score at will. Uh, one of them only plays half the games, so there is that. Um, but they don't need, you know, they don't need 30 points a night. No, so. all, all they need is the league to leave Kyrie alone so he can mm-hmm. play basketball and Kevin Durant, and you got good luck beating that. Yeah. I saw what Kyrie did to Golden State and win a championship. Uh, mm-hmm. and there's a clip, actually, I might insert it in here, uh, where Kyrie, a fan, he got charged $25,000 because they were playing in Cleveland and they were like on court side saying F, which I cannot, I can't believe that the people that get to sit court side sometimes, because I'm like, dude, if you sit there, they ought to trade those tickets with the 300 level and the kids that really love basketball. Because you would never say the crap that these people yeah. say to these players. If you love the game of basketball and you respect mm-hmm. these people, you would never say that crap. Um, but anyway, I have drunk guy behind me at the Laker game just talking so much shit. I'm like waiting for him to get kicked out. He's drunk as hell. And he's just talking shit to the rest, talking shit to, to the Laker. And I'm just like, mm. dude, how... How ignorant are you to sit courtside at a Laker game and see all these uh, these guys, or old or not, legends mm-hmm. of the game, right here and be disrespectful to them at all? I don't understand. I can't understand that. But so, guys, giving yeah. Kyrie a hard time in Cleveland. Oh, Kyrie, blah blah blah, yelling at him, and Kyrie's like, "Man, I I gave you guys a championship. Is that not enough?" Literally, that's mm-hmm. what he's, he got fined for saying that. Like. Yeah. He's like, what What more do you want from me? I came to Cleveland, Ohio <laughs> and won a championship for your basketball team who never won a championship ever. Mm-hmm. And you're now you're mad at me for going to yeah. Brooklyn? Come on, why can't I live in Brooklyn? I'm Kyrie <laughs> Irving. Like, what? why? You know, I, I could, I just, I can't understand that because I would never say that to any of these guys. No, I, mean, I, hate them. I would never, but the, I'm telling you, the people that sit courtside, that dude behind me at the Blazer game, I was just like, I cannot believe that these like rich assholes get away with this shit. Because I told the lady when I showed up, I was like, I've never sat this close before. I feel awkward. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I told the, the lady sitting there, you know, like, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I feel awkward being on the court. I feel awkward, you know, being this close. I'm appreciative of it. I mm-hmm. love it. I think it's so great, but we should trade all these guys down here for all those 10-year-old kids up in the 300 levels so they could come yeah. see this because that's how the game should really be done. You that's, know what I they're mean? going to care about it more. I mean, that's the deal. Like I said, so the Giants were terrible a couple of years ago, yeah. the baseball team. And me and Steph went to San Francisco. We go, we usually go every year, but the, you know, Panini, whatever. So we haven't been going. Um, uh, and we went. And so we went, we had one game that we were going to go to. Uh, and we found tickets for like a hundred bucks that were like third row behind the backstop. Like if you were watching the game, you could see oh, our damn. faces. The East um, East. 
Yeah, we two we found two seats for like a hundred bucks a seat for like fifty bucks. It was super. It was unrealistically cheap. Uh, so we bought them and we went. And then the next day we were like, we don't really have, have anything else going on. Like, do you want to go to another game? So I get on SeatGeek or whatever. Not not a sponsor, but <laughs> like because I, I they were. I know, um, but uh, I get on there and I'm looking and I'm like, I can get this like tickets that are like two rows ahead for the same price tonight. So we ended up going back to back. Like I felt so grateful to be able to like be yeah. there for those in that in those seats like two nights yeah. in a row. Just like you dream about out. that as a kid. Yeah. You dream about like getting to sit there. You know, oh. when you see the people's faces on TV when you're young, you're like, I want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was like I mean, you can, it was like when we went and saw Hulk Hogan's birthday at the Motor yeah, Center. We were, we were right there, so we got to like interact with the. That's the thing when you get so close that mm-hmm. you, you get to interact your life with yeah. their life. That's what that's the special moment right there. Because when you're a kid, you're just happy to be in the building, you know. Yep. But you always dream about being down there, and then when you get down there, the people are assholes, and you're like, well, they the were all these. People? That was kind of the funny thing. The difference though is like. A wrestling crowd, they're less assholes when they're down there. I wasn't noticing that. Huh? The thing with wrestling that's funny, I remember I saw, I think I took Gen uh, to SmackDown one year. Yeah. And we were like, I don't know, we were 50, 60 seats back or something down low. But yeah. Jericho, Jericho came out and I'm cheering for Jericho. He's a heel right now at this point. Of course. And but I'm cheering for Jericho because I don't care if he's a heel right now. I'm a fan of I've <laughs> been watching Jericho. Jericho since forever, dude. Mm-hmm. So I finally get to see Chris Jericho. He's in my city right here. And this this like guy in front of me is like getting mad. And he's like, no, like really into the storyline, dude. Like yelling at yeah. me kind of for cheering for Jericho. And I'm like, I'm like, hey man, relax. I'm like, it's 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 a show. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm cheering for the human, not the character, right? Like yeah. I really, you know, man, this guy, the whole so <laughs> you know, me, the whole rest of the mm. night I cheered for every heel on <laughs> this guy turned around <laughs> and he's like mad at me, like, yeah. <laughs> no, I think, you know, like every single, every guy that came out, you know, it was really funny, but, yeah. you know, because you're there for the show. And again, if if you appreciate these guys, you know, you appreciate their the body work. They work. Yeah, their work yeah. ethic, their body of work, you, you know, you're just there to enjoy that moment. So speaking of wrestling, so we got some Forbidden Door stuff with AEW that came yep. out. Okay. And another member of the Bullet Club has left and come over. Well, he hasn't left at New Japan yet, but he is in the building. Uh, Bullet Club Leader 4 is uh, has made an appearance in, in AEW. What that means, I don't know. I think, uh, so I did see a tweet, though. I don't know if you saw this from Tony Khan, owner of New Japan, of uh, not New Japan, sorry, AEW. Yep. Uh he said he was talking about the Forbidden Door last week in reference to their new signing, Keith Lee, who's coming over. Uh, he was in NXT. He was in uh, WWE for a little while um, and was moved over. You know, he had his non-compete. That's over. So he debuted this Wednesday. And he was talking about, he was like, we're kicking down the Forbidden Door again, not realizing that his definition, he's the one who coined this phrase. And his definition is, somebody from New Japan 
coming to the States and being in AEW. Very so he then... clever marketing, though, because I was reading stuff. They were saying Triple H was going to come over to AEW. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, okay, is that is that because they have not pulled any of the company guys, right? Like the big, they haven't pulled uh, Randy Orton or, you know, Paul Levesque. Jericho. Or, I don't know well, if you consider Jericho. Jericho. He, he's the Ayatollah of rock and roller. He was the originator that brought credibility to that organization and said, look, I live in Florida. I like it. I'm also a rock star. So I have to do that with some of my time, but I, I am a wrestler. And if nothing else, I can help you build it because I'm one mm -hmm. of the best, if not the best on the microphone. It's like if you took Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and mixed them together and then gave this guy some co uh, some comedy on top of that yeah you know and it's like that's who jericho is and he's still going and, and it's, he still can come out and perform and i love jericho podcast well, he's got a big music, he's got a big uh big uh, storyline happening right now in AEW too uh, I, love, his... I love all the characters the pain makers to the to even to the van halen days you know mm -hmm. crazy looking you know when the hair lion tamer when he's doing the lion I mean, tamer he's, and all that He's so creative and he's so good at what he does and so unapologetically good at it that, uh, so yeah, he, he instigated that. And then now, but now we got, you know, CM Punk, he's never a company man, but he is that man. He, whether they like it or not, he was that man. He had the belt for a long, long time. For, uh, he was uh, of, running the show for two years, basically. Some of the, the most iconic, guy. if not the most iconic, promos ever cut you forget the forget you know the attitude era i'm talking mm -hmm. the ne next echelon level of promos and body of work and you know the undertaker match and stuff like that so you know he top of the pile comes over and does, does a really really good job so you got him and moxley now they're tag teaming right you've had before that you had they, did a, they did a quick tag. they did a quick yeah he did a quick tag team he seems to be doing the team up with the guy uh real quick just to be like we did a, we had a match together i think what punk is doing and what jericho is doing uh at this point in their careers is they're they're here to give the rub to the kids and daniel so Jericho and daniel bryan's doing that too so jericho brian jericho daniel, has sam, I should say. brian danielson yeah, yeah yeah so so jericho has the young kid sammy guevara that's his guy that he's taken under his wing it's kind of interesting actually when you look at it uh then you've got uh, Darby with Sting and CM Punk. They both are kind of doing that, but Punk's also working with Darby. Darby's a Northwest guy, too. He's a Seattle mm -hmm. guy. Well, so. Darby's one of the four pillars, dude. That's yeah. the, the whole thing. And, I mean, I love that gimmick because he took, he, he's basically the misfits of wrestling, mm -hmm. dude. He took the Sting, but he mixed it with punk rock and, and screamo and emo. Like, he really mixed music. Hater kid. Yeah. He, he kind of did what Raven did with grunge back in the mm -hmm. day. He, he incorporated that rock and roll into his character and skateboarding, right? So yep. he hit like a lot of nails on the head from for a Northwest kid, you know, yeah. and, and from what I see, because that is us. That is what we are. Um, and um, it did a really cool job with it. And then Sting, God, what can you say about that guy? I mean, give me a break. That's you like if, if the I mean, Ultimate Warrior and, and, and Undertaker were still wrestling and Hulk Hogan, like he's still wrestling. He's yeah, still I like, like what they're doing. The though. They're keeping him. They're they're bringing. He's mostly a manager. He's mostly a guy who kind of is like he's. But the aesthetic of it, right? There, yeah, it's there the is something so it. very cool about him giving that like 
in the like lighting. That's what the, they're doing. They're giving oh, that rub yeah. to these younger guys who I are going it. to go forward. And so Darby is like Sting's guy, right. and he's going to push him forward into that next. And then, and then, what about Jake the Snake Roberts guy? He's got that big guy with the braids. What? And he's got some hellacious matches going on right now. I don't know who Jake's with. You mean, uh, well, there's Hook, Taz's kid. You seen Hook? Yeah, he's getting a lot of buzz right now. He's a uh, he's good on the internet, man. He's getting yeah. a lot of buzz. But he's you see, the, you see what they're doing? They're basically yeah. giving you a coach, and they're taking the young talent and saying, "You hey, the old guys, you, you guys don't got to wrestle, but check it out. Just get this guy over. Show him mm-hmm. what you know. We need you. You give you, and you put him in this guy, and yeah. and then the fans, everybody wins because they still get to see you, and they get their they still get the entertainment of a good match, and you don't get hurt." But mm-hmm. we get to see all of it, and I love that. That's like, you know, some yeah. WWE, they should have been doing that a long time ago. Like, WWE believe, suffers you know, from the same thing that the, you know, going back to our first topic, suffer from the same thing the NBA did in the 90s and, and the 80s. In the 80s, it was Bird, and it was yeah. Magic. In the 90s, it was Michael. In the 2000s, they didn't have, it was Kobe. But they didn't. But then there's also Shaq, and they didn't really know who was going to be that next. And then Iverson came out of nowhere, and they were like, "What do we do with this? This is not. We can't. How do we sell this?" Right. And so the WWE has that same issue where they always have to have a guy. So the guy was Hulk Hogan. Then, and even before that, it was Bruno San Martino. And then it was, you know, it was it was Stone Cold. Then The Rock. Then and you know, then Orton and whoever. just like we were talking about the NBA, Shawn Michaels, they just drove him into the ground till he broke, till he's broken, addicted to Vicodins. Yeah. Uh, Bret Hart, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's working. He's got a broken neck, and they're making him work mm-hmm. 365 in the ring. You know, and yep. it's like, why you don't have to do that for wrestling? Mm-hmm. You don't have yep. to do that for wrestling because it's a it's a story that we're following, not. The, 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 well, look at all the things that fucking Mick Foley did to himself in the 90s. Give me and, hell, uh, yeah. I'm surprised he's even alive. I'm surprised he's lived longer, you know, than a lot of these guys. But yeah, 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 you're right. It's they rode they rode the horse until it died. Didn't take it to get yeah. it water. And now they're suffering the re- I mean, even even Triple H, super healthy guy, just had a heart attack a little bit ago. I mean, uh, it's mm-hmm. crazy. You know what I mean? Like these guys, they yeah. put so much effort and were destroyed so bad uh, during that that period of time that they were the guy and that's what they were doing to cm punk that's the big gripe with cm punk is he's like you're i have staph infection i'm broken and you're you're basically going to fire well, he had a knee injury that he needed up. uh surgery for too right and and look yeah. at what happened to daniel bryan you know they broke his neck he had all the momentum all the buzz coming out of, you know wrestlemania new orleans you know he's top of the world over 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 and he's broken, and they're just, well, fuck it. We'll just push him until we retire him, and then that'll be mm-hmm. that. You know, and it's like, no, just mm-hmm. give him some goddamn time off and let him go with yeah. his family and, and hang out with his dogs and let him get better. And and that's that's why AEW is going in the long run after in this next 10 years is going to probably remain more stable because – Look at Edge. Edge is back now. You got Goldberg. How how long can you how how long can you do that to these guys? Well, yeah, and that's the thing is that like so what AEW does with their veterans is they use them as like a springboard in smaller right. doses to get over their younger talent. Whereas the fucking main event 
of Elimination Chamber is Goldberg and Roman Reigns. The and Edge was in a fucking world title match recently. Like you should you should have enough guys in your in your company that are main eventers that you've built or have gotten from somewhere else that you can use young guys to do that job. And they just don't, they fired everybody. Well, when, Miro, Keith Lee, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. None of these guys are young, by the way. They're all established New Japan and, and other company. You know, they, they did their indies. They did ROH. They did all the stuff. And they came here and they were like, this is the last stop. This is the major leagues. And I fucking made it. And they Kevin Owens you or they Sami Zayn you. And what I mean by yeah. that is, for those of you, most of you probably listening to this, that don't listen to fucking re- or watch wrestling, they they just kind of like give you. Hey, I would say the people that listen to the around. show, I would say the people that listen to the show do like wrestling. Okay, I, I would I hope would so. Say, I would say that I would I wouldn't say everybody, but I would say that uh, you know a lot of people that would be interested in listening to to our show will be listening. Uh, you know, because we talk about sports, wrestling, yeah. and, and video games and stuff, so we. You know, we, we, we kind of incorporate it all. all right. So, yeah. go easy on the listeners, you know? People love wrestling. <laughs> it's not it, like I know, it's one of those things that people... There. No, that's true. I mean, there's full... There's YouTube channels and, and multi-million dollar corporations that are making a lot of money on it. So, obviously, people like it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where you see these guys, you know, they get their one main event shot. Kevin Owens did. Sami Zayn got his one main event shot. Finn Balor. Biggie. Well, you know biggie fucking what is that kofi yeah after 12 years the miz uh, the miz they get their one shot and then they get pushed down to the mid card and then what do you do because now cena's gone cena's gone so who do you have that is a legitimate main eventer you have roman reigns from a financial standpoint this Mm -hmm. is that's how they that's how they have to build it doesn't make sense because so for example so you need goldberg you need a WrestleMania main event. It's got to make sense. It's got to be comparable to to go against Roman Reigns, right? So you make the call. You call Goldberg. You, you pay a guy. Oh, because Goldberg ain't coming out for cheap, man. He, no. he ain't coming out for cheap. He's he already knows who he is. You call Brock Lesnar. You call. You get these guys to come in for a little bit and do their job. You pay them an ass ton of money. You develop no talent in the meantime. You, what you're doing is you're grinding the young. I'm not saying there's not talent there. You're mm-hmm. grinding them 365. They're still grinding Natalia Hart, okay? Right? Like, you grind mm-hmm. these guys to fill three hours of TV, and then you make the phone call to get Dwayne Johnson out for, you know, to cut a promo for the same amount that Hart made the whole year. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to do that. What AEW makes sense is because, okay, we got guys that are established. Let's take some of their shine put it on these young guys if they can handle the shine we got something really good going on and it's working with everybody mm, it's, well it's, it's working with most people you do see a couple of people and, that have gone through but you and know. if you have uh, a problem like moxley with the alcohol and i need some time i gotta take care of myself because i can't keep doing this because i'm drinking myself to death while i'm mm-hmm. doing this and i know I'm, I'm making a mistake and my wife's worried about me right yeah. okay go do and that. he's a young chick he just had a kid too go do that 
come back and work with uh, CM Punk, and we'll put you in a tag, and we'll get you going. We'll get that momentum right off the bat. He comes back. He's in great shape, and they put him right in. Now he's healthy. They put him in with – first it was Daniel Bryan they gave him rub. There was a whole promo thing with him and Bryan. I keep calling him Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson. Yeah. Um, And then they immediately put him with Punk the next day. And we know – Brian Danielson, another Northwest legend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know like how who that guy really is, right? Because we've yeah. seen him on reality TV. We've seen him, you know, he's a good dude and he cares about people. So that's exactly who Moxley should have been working with, right? Right yeah. off the bat, because because he, Brian Danielson, gives a shit about human beings, right? So right. he's a great guy, and so here's that's the type of people you got going on at AEW, and that's why. I think in this next decade, it's going to work because it's it's not the machine. I, I think they also have know? the right people. They have the right, oh, they yeah. have generational kind of ladder, right? They have the four pillars, the guy, the people that they're going to move forward with that are going to be like their, their homegrown main talent, the Sammy Guevara's Darby's and uh, uh, MJF, who's a phenomenal heel. Um, yeah, and really. There's really, a, yeah. And but we'll then they see have hold on to him because uh, they will, they will. They'll pay him. They're gonna pay him whatever he wants. They, they need to pay he's him. Their, he's, he's the, the best. He's the best he's heel their since he's he's Ric Flair, man. He really is. Or, he, yeah, he, I mean CM Punk, Triple H. Well, he, his whole thing. I mean, he's like the new Ric Flair. It's great. Mm-hmm. He's like you know spoiled, rotten, big money bags, but wins. Yeah, and uh, talk and cut some of the best you know promos. Well, he he's really cut. great as a as a snotty like villain with like a group because he's got Wardlow and yeah. he's got he's he's got that kind of like I do all of this on my own right while standing in front of the guy who does all of his dirty work like yeah. he's so good at being smarmy like it's, that it's the Shawn Michaels big diesel formula man he's yep. you know and then and not only that if he's good then he's putting another guy over because diesel can't cut a promo for shit but Shawn yeah. Michaels could cut a promo and make diesel seem like the coolest the motherfucker uh, ever and they put a title on him right after you know what i mean because yeah. uh, and he, he barely said a freaking word he was just a dude that choke slammed people and gave that jackknife you know yeah. when it was time to and you know so yeah. mjf he, he is that dude he is that good he's that valuable but now i you're starting to see uh, um people leave aw get offers now from the wwe um the the uh, one of the women's contenders uh not sure exactly. I'm determined what? to go out there and prove uh, okay, one so thing that one I still am the best is there is. Baker. The best there was, Baker has the best there ever will be. Um, well, I think she's trying to just negotiate more money because she's oh, coming sure. up on the radar now as yeah. like a uh, contender, you know, type of. Yeah. Uh, Dude, the thing is, so little inside baseball. Uh, I don't know if you know who Adam Cole is. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're, they're dating in real life. Like that's their. Oh, company. so Adam finally gets to AEW to hang out with his girlfriend and all of his friends from Japan. Britt's going nowhere. Like she's she's completely happy there. And they'll, again, she's another one of those people who's going to be a star of the future. They're going to pay her. She sells tickets. But the one, the one in particular, is a uh, Jade Cargill. Okay, yeah. the like. IBF super freaking bodybuilder, you know, has got the got the WWE physique, like probably the best woman's physique mm-hmm. since freaking China. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, this this kind of stuff is starting to come up. 
now that we're starting to get some uh, lateral back and forth, uh, mm -hmm. you know, with it. So it, we're, we're going to have to see because there, there has been there has been people released and there has been some disgruntledness. It's not great for everybody. But no, I think that's I, the wrestling business in general. It's just that's what it is. There's only so many like, unfortunately, there's only so many spaces on the card. Realistically, every night there's two shows and, and they, they only do four uh, pay-per-views a year, I think. I don't think they do the, the once a month pay-per-views. So, yeah, it's a little Which bit more. Good. It's good. Yeah, they make some more fucking must-see, dude. Like, I feel like they understand the internet a little bit better than than most people because yeah. with the internet, they, they get that you don't need to tune in and, and watch their show on camp. They, they'd appreciate it if you would mm -hmm. DVR it, right? Because they, then they yeah. get the, uh, the ratings or whatever. But they understand that the internet, you can go look for what you want. WWE, on the other hand, is like, we're going to shove three hours of something down your throat. You're not going to like 85% of it, and the rest of it's going to be pretty good. But you know, you don't have time. Nobody well, has time for that. it's three hours. It's 85 It's 85 And that's just one show. You There's don't want shows. and commercials. And, and then we're also going to overload your inbox, and we're just going to hit you with so much Twitter and so much social media that you, you have to click on something. You're going to Something's going to register with you eventually. Yeah. That's not the case. AEW's like, come find it. If, if you're interested in this thing, Darby Allen, think like just come click and come look for it, and then boom, we're gonna get a comment. We're gonna we're gonna move it forward. Mm -hmm. We're not shoving it down your throat. We don't need you to be live with us. It's not cable television in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. It is the, the internet. And if Moxley's back, if you're interested, he had a match with CM Punk. Check it out. Go look for it. You got it. Well, Keith Lee's entire debut match is on YouTube. The whole seven minutes of him. Yeah. Again. From, yeah. From it's entrance to bell the they whole thing get it they get how the internet works and how to use it and they just have now the cons don't know how to run the jacksonville jaguars very well but they do know how to do wrestling but mm -hmm. you know con jr is very good at, at wrestling and he understands yeah. it and he, well, he also hired the right people he hired he didn't hire you, you have to be, and, you have and, to be a super fan to understand mm -hmm. all these guys the quality of the guys that you went after you went after jake roberts Mm -hmm. you went after Chris Jericho. You went after Sting. You went at yeah. these guys are these are not just run of the mill dudes. These are consummate professionals. Mm -hmm. The best of the best of the Some people say Jake Roberts is the best psychologist the game's ever seen. Ever. That wouldn't surprise I mean I uh, I, I, could, I, is, could, I couldn't argue that. Sting is 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 you know, he could have a Mount Rushmore of his of his arcs by himself. I mean, mm -hmm. he's like literally that that iconic. He's Back in the day when we were little kids, it was Sting and Hulk Hogan. That's who it was. And Sting mm -hmm. is still here. He's not even, yeah. he's still here all the time and yeah. un unapologetically, you know? And well, Chris Jericho. He was, and he didn't even do like the WWE route, really. He went through Impact and and was like the only reason to watch Impact for years. I mean, the, the Joker <laughs> arc, the Crow arc. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got so many arcs that are just, they're, they're, they're iconic. He is, you know, mm -hmm. and then the, the, the 80s California Stinger, you know, like, come on. When, what, so did, didn't he team with the Ultimate Warrior during that yeah. time? Wasn't and, that why? Yeah. And think about it. The Ultimate Warrior is dead. And yeah, Sting is still in the freaking ring. So that mm -hmm. should show you something right there about who Sting really is. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. the Undertaker's not in the ring anymore. Sting is still in the ring. You know, that's that's who that guy is. Well, the Undertaker so, kept coming back and doing big matches and getting dropped the, on his head. If the Undertaker, yeah, if they wouldn't have been beating the crap out of him, he'd still be in the ring too. But again, mm -hmm. this is the this is the the paradox 
right between mm -hmm. the between the two business models uh, and one is a creative business model the uh, a theatrical production if you will the other mm -hmm. one is like we, we need to be revered as athletes we need <laughs> you we, we are we are sport athletes and it's mm -hmm. like you can't do that in this you need to be storytellers and then the, the athletics they should come every now and then but it should be very special when it happens mm -hmm. And or or you're trying to make a name for yourself, and you know you have to get out there. But if you're established, you, there's no you don't need to do that. Yeah. You know you don't you don't have to do that. They know you. We know yeah. you. We know your story. We know who you are. You don't have to do it. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. But yeah, uh, Tony Khan understands wrestling. He knew who to hire, and he did. You know, it wasn't too hard for him because all he had to do is tap into that that old NWA TNT. Mm -hmm bloodstream and it was waiting the whole time they all wanted away from new york they all wanted away from vince they want the territory well and they all wanted to leave impact They're tired they of all it. wanted to leave uh you know they whatever indie job they were doing there's they were just yeah there's there's plenty of people tony shivani and jr were just kind of yeah. dude the yeah. fact that jr there you was go there right there mm -hmm. tony shivani and jr right there yeah. starcade come on mm -hmm. Those the guys... fact that they were just kind of sitting at home doing nothing really they they, kind of... they retired jr they said enough we don't need you anymore i'm like yeah, we... you retired jr you, you, <laughs> for michael you, cole you got rid of uh uh yeah i mean come on it's like would you have fired gorilla monsoon i mean honestly they probably did they probably i mean that's fucking that's again that is the problem with that model right yeah. that's the problem with that new york model of wrestling but i am happy to be alive to see the rest of it you know what i'm saying yeah. like, i'm happy to be alive to see the rest of it because it is it's very dana white ufc uh you know like you have all these guys you could have been building characters you could have been doing this you don't have to do you know they don't they don't need to fight that guy from brazil yet just mm -hmm. let them let them be conor mcgregor for a while they don't why do they have to fight that guy right now or that mm -hmm. good crazy russian or you know what i mean like you don't need to yeah. do that you have a guy that everybody likes, you know, just run it, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it, I, I do like the fact that they, they're, so I think AEW is going to be more likely to follow the New Japan storyline, like, like the way that they do stories in New Japan, where Kenny Omega and, is it Abushi? I think it's Abushi. Uh, the Golden Lovers. I can't remember who the two were because I didn't spend a lot of time paying attention to New Japan when I was growing up but you don't have uh, to you're not dave Meltzer, so i know the golden lovers it was kota abushi yeah it was abushi so kota abushi and and kenny omega have this like 10 year anime storyline where they go from being best friend like i'm and i want to learn from you to we're a tag team now to now i'm getting jealous because you're so much better than me to now I join the Bullet Club and you go off to have huge success. And then five, seven years later, they come back together to have another tag team run. And like, none of it feels crazy. It all feels like kind of a career. And like, yeah, this guy got jealous, but always in the back of his head, he remembered the fun times he had with his friend and he want one day we'll get back to it. And like those storylines, Matter that is that is the Eastern philosophy, and again, something that's lost in New York. The Eastern philosophy, uh, the way they write, right? Mm -hmm. And you, 
like think about it. they're patient they will wait yeah. 10 years to make this look at you you look at anime you know you look at dragon mm -hmm. ball z you the how many years goku and and vegeta built that hostility up and the few times that they did actually go like for it it was so worth it every time mm -hmm. you were you were ready you're like you know what vegeta might actually he might have and that's the thing the japanese and the eastern mm -hmm. philosophy of wrestling really presents and that's it's a kind of and again in the west people are a little arrogant and uh, you know we, we do think very corporate and we do think very independent and we 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 don't take uh that into account yeah, we write we 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 spend more time we we want very quick you know one month four week storylines in like, wwe we just say who, one who would really win a out. fight brock lesnar would really want to fight okay well he gets the w it makes sense yeah. all right put it down next thing what do we got right. you know and, yeah and where the japanese are like whoa what if there's a slow burn mm -hmm. and maybe it's just a couple of looks and maybe you know what i mean and maybe it's like oh now now they're getting closer and they're getting close you know it's that mm -hmm. slow build and uh and kenny omega too you gotta uh, his you know his philosophy his knowledge of the game is super in-depth and he understands the way that a like, lot of that was learned things. though there he, he learned he yeah a lot he was of time a, he's in a New tutor Japan. he was a he was a mentor you know not a mentor but you know he a mentee was, a mentee yeah he a went there he was a student of the eastern philosophy of wrestling and um had an appreciation for the culture and the people and the global impact that it had and the art behind it mm -hmm. and they said okay all right we'll teach you like you're worth teaching this to well he's like one of the only guys i think omega is one of the only guys to like when he won the Omega G1 is finals? an anime character. I mean, he that is. guy, he is a living anime character. I love every character. I don't care how cheesy it is. He's a cartoon, man. He he knows his facial expressions. His, the, the, the way he delivers that freaking knee is just like, oh, man, it's unreal. It yeah. is. It's like a Dragon Ball Z episode. Like that dude. That's why I love him. So that's why he's my favorite. Okay, I make this yeah. to this day. I make that claim. My favorite modern wrestler is Kenny Omega, and there's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah, that guy is just so damn good at that. Well, and the funny thing is, is like he's a veteran at this point. Like he's out right now with a lot of injuries. That he, and he, and the thing is, like the product misses him a little bit, but not really because they're kind of with the young bucks and Adam Cole and the bullet club, all that stuff that's happening. They're kind of keeping him alive a little bit. He can come uh, in and even... play that American heel easily. It's yeah. not hard for him. It's like, well, oh, they don't okay. do, uh, yeah, you know. that's the funny thing about the, but he can also play, he can also play, you know, the international, you know, superhero too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, he can do, he, it's easy for him to switch hats. He's that's yeah. another reason I like him. Cause you know, you like MJF. It's going to be hard for him to switch hats. I love. I don't think I don't know that MJF will ever be a. He's, a, he's a heel for life. He's a yeah. heel for life. But when he wants to be. But you know what, Kenny Omega, he's got the ability to go back and forth. It's like Bret Hart turning heel. It was like really hard to watch. It was like mm -hmm. we nobody wanted to accept the excellence of execution being a heel. Man, we didn't. You know that we knew that's not who he was. He would give us sunglasses and he would come out and you know preach family values and like we didn't, <laughs> we didn't want like a mean bret hart we never did he didn't even want yeah. you know like sean michaels fine we, that's who he's always been you know yeah of, well he was kind of a prick i mean as far as the, the stories go at that time when he was doing that he was kind of a dickhead anyway so but that's i think you kenny find omega is so easy. unique in that way 
right? Yeah. He can he can be so arrogant where you're just like, oh my god, Axe body spray. That's the gimmick right now. <laughs> spraying Axe over everybody, you know, and wearing cheetah yeah. pants and just being like arrogant as hell. Or this guy is the world-renowned multi-champion, you know, mm-hmm. like good luck beating him guy Mm -hmm. you know the hero i think he still has like a uh i think only two people or maybe only one has ever kicked out of his finish which is super crazy and Uh, and the other thing remember this too like people might argue like oh the rock though i mean he did both but but stone cold and the rock got over being heels that's the difference mm -hmm. when kenny omega's a face he's a legitimate face there's no Mm -hmm. debate when he's a heel, he's a legitimate heel. Like he can go to both. He has got like multiple personalities, characters. You know what I mean? Where uh, Stone Cold, he just got over. He was just over. Like he was going to be over no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like off off of being a heel. So um, going back to that though, by the way, Kenny Omega's the only person to ever kick out of Kenny Omega's one winged angel is Kenny Omega. <laughs> wow. Somebody else hit him with it, uh, and he kicked out of it. Hangman Adam Page hit him with his own finish, and then he kicked out of it. He's the only guy in North America to do it. The only, I think, I think Abush, uh, I think Okada has kicked out, and but Okada is the like world. Everybody says the best wrestler in the world. Like nobody yeah. is better than because I don't even know how to say Kazuchika Okada, Kazuchika Okada. Um, the the rainmaker but he yeah so anyway and then i'm just telling you man that that finisher is one of the most beautiful finishers of all time man because that's like that's cinematic the, when that just, knee comes oh man no that's just, not his finish oh that's the not v trigger the v trigger is not his finish his finish oh, okay. is he does like a standing like he puts you on his shoulders and then does like a standing like pile driver thing Oh. It's, no, the V trigger is is one of his, the knee. That's one of his like that, setup moves. That, but that knee is, and that's what I'm saying. This dude, yeah. like that knee is so, it's like straight out of it. Like you could just see like him powering up, man, and like the energy waves coming when he's like cocking the gun. He's ready to go. You're gonna get hit by that mm-hmm. knee. I mean, oh man, and people sell it great too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they sell that thing so good. Um, I think people are willing to sell for him in a way that some people oh, might for not sure. Be. Oh, for sure. Because think about it. He made a whole career and became successful without the WWE ever. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. Not once. Never. He he did it globally. Mm-hmm. In, in, in Latino, in the, the East. You know what I mean? Like, he did it, like... He did most, he made his, most of his career he, he made in New Japan. But like, Indies, that's... right? Like, yeah. global, stuff, international but... Indies. You know, and I wouldn't yeah. call New Japan an Indie. That's, you no. know, it's a global... That I, I consider them just as... They're as big as the as... WWE world. Yeah, because, dude, back in the day, they had Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan coming there, too. Everybody went through Japan. Yeah, we had to go to Japan. that was a different company, but yeah, the that was like I think that was uh, that was like I can't remember what it's called. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a, J- a Japanese wrestling historian by any stretch of the imagination. But me neither. But the respect for yeah. you know, if you had to go, it's like Chris Jericho had to spend all those years in Mexico, right, to build mm-hmm. to to learn you know the lucha libre and to be accepted by the lucha libre to you know gain credibility internationally you know and built it so tomorrow 
is the Super Bowl, right? Yep. It's the big show. Mm-hmm. Joe Shiesty Burrow uh, versus Maddie Dirty Detroit Stafford coming in. OBJ, oh, oh, the, the, the lights are going to be out. Lights, camera, action, man. We're going to be in L.A. Uh, Ice T's tweeting saying, be careful because uh, there's a lot of gang members in L.A. <laughs> like oh, the people. Uh, yeah, and so... We got a superstar show out, but we're in LA. How fitting could it be that Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar uh, are all going to perform and Eminem, Slim Shady himself, mm-hmm. with the potential of the Tupac Coachella hologram, which would be very fitting because it's LA, mm-hmm. coming in and uh, uh, going to do the halftime show. So very cool, regardless of the football. The football is going to be very, very good, no matter which way it goes. It's going to be very, very good, uh, but... I'm so glad to get this halftime show because I, why do we have to watch Maroon 5 the one year? I think this might be you know, the why? first time in 10 years that I'm like, yeah, I think I'll stay in and watch the halftime show. I stay like, usually I go and J-Lo, okay? Because they're okay, great. Fair. Okay, yeah, fair, fair enough. And I missed, I missed that dude, one, and I'm, 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 looking, I'm sad that I did. I'm looking at the lineups. They had, you know, Maroon 5, which, which to their credit, they were a fill-in because Jay-Z, mm-hmm. the Kaepernick thing was going on, and Jay-Z and Rihanna, and everyone's like, no, well, fuck you guys. You guys don't like us. We don't like you. We're not doing it. But mm-hmm. then you had, everyone's like, Prince. Okay, I like Prince as an artist. I get it. My mom loves Prince. But the halftime show, uh, Bruno Mars, the halftime show. Uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, the halftime show. <laughs> I mean, The Who. Nobody listens to this shit. Can we, can we please, like, like people that actually play the game, you know, mm-hmm. they would be happier if Kodak Black did the halftime show, okay? Because yeah. at least give the players what they're listening to. Don't make them do <laughs> you, you know, they don't want to listen to Madonna. They don't want to listen to Justin Timberlake. I'm looking through the old lineup. Oh, because the halftime show is not, yeah, the halftime show is, well, there was one year that it was NSYNC, Aerosmith, and Britney Spears. Yeah, take Lewis it Lewis Black has a huge store. joke. Justin Timberlake, I mean, come on. You, you could have let Janet Jackson at least do the show by herself. You didn't need Justin Timberlake to do the wardrobe malfunction. It's just been awful for so mm-hmm. long, and there's so much money involved in it. I don't understand how Pepsi can screw this up. Like, just, we get it. Because the halftime show, by the way, is not rap. for us. The half, the, they're not for, the halftime show isn't for True. the football fan. It's not for the players. It's not for any of that. It's for the commercial success. It's for the, the halftime shows for the people who watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. Because I, 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 people are like, oh, Prince is the best one. Okay, Prince might have been the best Fair. artist. He might have been the best mm-hmm. artist out of all of them, the most credentialed and mm-hmm. iconic. But you think anybody's listening to fucking Purple Rain in the locker room? It's a goddamn Super Bowl. No. Not not that no. year. What year was it? 2000. Debo Samuel's coming out to fucking Kodak Black to play in the fucking playoffs, okay? Play something suitable for the fucking game. And if you don't like it, too bad. Too fucking bad. You know? So Dre said it. He's like, he's like, look, this should have happened a long time ago. I don't know why it didn't. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. now it is. And I'm we're opening the door so that more hip hop artists, younger artists, can perform at the Super Bowl because didn't Travis Scott do a do a not Travis Scott? Who is it? It was a who was the most recent? The last year was was uh, the Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. Who did the super? Who did the halftime show that year? Niners Chiefs. 
Yeah. Night 2019. I want to say it was, was that Maroon 5? And Travis Scott. It was Maroon 5 and Travis Scott. Okay, okay, again, great. Travis Scott, I buy it. Maroon mm-hmm. 5, that fucking guy took his shirt off. Adam Levine took his shirt off in the goddamn that was performance. Weird. And they it's hated like that. it's the like, world hated that. Here's the funny thing though. Dude. So Travis Scott, great. I buy it. Yeah. People Travis Scott's a great big artist. You know, he's had some controversy lately, but you know, he he he's relevant to, to that, right? Like we mm-hmm. everyone was listening to sicko mode. It's relevant. Yeah. Maroon 5 is not fucking relevant. It, 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 look, I, I am amused, and I don't hate Maroon 5. I think they are a great pop band, and uh, their numbers speak for themselves. They are a great pop band. They're not a fucking Super Bowl halftime show band. No, they're not. That's they're true. not. You're, you're very correct. I, I, can't, I cannot argue that fact with you at all. It just doesn't make sense. And, you know, just the same way that Justin Timberlake doesn't fucking make sense. Cause yes, your girlfriend, and I get it. Your girlfriend's going to listen to that. They're, they're trying to tailor the halftime show because you know, that's what everyone, they care about the commercials and they care about the halftime show. Nobody cares about the football, except for the dudes. We all care about the football and nobody cares about that except for the, you know, significant others. Yeah. Well, they did uh, the weekend last year. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I was just like, wow. Coldplay, Katy Perry, Beyonce, Madonna. I I love Coldplay. I love Coldplay, right? Uh I think that they've made some of the greatest music since the fucking Beatles to come out of fucking the UK. However, no one's getting fucking pumped up. No one's hitting anybody to Coldplay. (laughs) <laughs> right we're not getting we're not gonna go fuck people up listening to Coldplay, man that's like i'm doing homework and i'm kind of sad and mm-hmm. i just like kind of miss my mom or something you know like like that's like when i'm listening my to girlfriend Coldplay. just left me so right. I, I, i'm not listening to Coldplay, so i'm about to go fucking smack a dude at 20 miles per hour with my fucking cranium you know like it, it's the super bowl so snoop coming in snoop big news he is now the owner of Death Row Records, and thank fucking God, because yeah. I have, look, I've always had a moral dilemma, because I wanted to buy, I collect a little bit of vinyl these days, a little bit, not much, because my kids always break the needle on my record player, so I just kind of, it's just more of a showpiece at this point in my living room, right. but, you know, I've always had a little dilemma buying, like, Doggy Style, or The Chronic, or uh, uh, even All Eyes, I bought All Eyes on me, because I'm a pot guy, but mm-hmm. from Death Row Records that still is in existence, but none of these guys, I'm like, how are you still making money off these records from these guys? That's so, I get that Dre's a billionaire and Snoop's a millionaire. And, you know, but at the same time, those guys were Death Row Records. That's what made it cool. That's what made it so good. That's the beats, like all, all the production and the artistry behind Death Row Records in the 90s was these guys. And they get no fucking, but Suge Knight gets all the money for his commissary in prison. Makes no sense. Well, you do know that in 20... You know who Snoop Dogg bought it from, right? No, who? Hasbro. The Hasbro, the toy company. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I did know I did know that Hasbro owned uh, Death Row. I knew that they had bought it. I didn't know if they had pawned it off yet, but that... Okay, again, very cool, because... I, I get I follow a death row on uh, on Instagram right, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sh- quite sure what I was following because they're they're selling like vintage shit right like above the yeah. rim the tape, 
uh, <laughs> right? Like shit, shit like that's that, or, awesome. right? Where you're like, that's fucking cool, man. Like, or death row beanie, or like death row shit. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck owned? Like, I know it's not Snoop or Dre, and mm-hmm. Pac is dead. So who the fuck owns this? And what? Who am I even buying this from? And I, I legitimately thought it was Shook Knight's freaking um, commissary. <laughs> <laughs> that he was just so I had a problem morally, ethically buying any of this shit. From no, that, right? he sold that shit years ago. He, he so, had to have. Yeah, he sold it. Let's see. It was bankrupt in 2006, and that's when he lost it. Okay. So, yeah. so I'm free to Unless buy. Unless he. Dude, I yeah. want that. Fuck, I mean, I've been fighting the urge to just splurge on the Machiavelli record just because I pass mm-hmm. it all the time. And I'm like, right. And I like fight it. I'm like, oh, God. I just, I want the Machiavelli record. I got the All Eyes on Me. You know, I want all the, I want all the Death Row and Pac records, you know, mm-hmm. the Interscope records, Did you... and all that, you know, on, on vinyl. Um, Here's an interesting fact about Tupac. You know, he had seven of his nine albums were released posthumously. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Well, n- well, he had <laughs> he had uh, so Tupacalypse Now, right? He had um, yeah, actually that he had Thug Life. That was another mm-hmm. one. Then he had uh, the soundtrack Above the Rim, right? So that was like a third. That, that's a soundtrack. Yeah. Then he had uh god the black one where he's on the front so like my favorite favorite fucking album are you talking about all eyes on me not all eyes on me that's my second favorite um yeah prior to uh all eyes on me let me look this up real quick well there's the don Caluminati, the seven day theory which was november 5th 1996 me against the world uh, my yes. favorite Tupac uh, record, and that's so yeah. So I, he had three because Above the Rim got released in '96, and he got he died in '96. Um, uh, Above the Rim was released in 1994, sir. Oh, okay, all right. So, but that was towards the tail end, right, of his yeah. of his career. Well, like um, I'm saying, so he was only signed to Death Row from '95 to '96. Right, what I'm saying, yeah. right. They got him out of jail, but All Eyes on Me is a very close second record for me. Mm-hmm. And I and I own that record. You know, I have that yeah. just on well, display in my house. That, you know, because yeah. that just caught I remember I got that record when I was 10 years old. It like changed mm-hmm. my life. <laughs> it like it changed my entire motto of life and like mm-hmm. what you know it was like that big of a record for me as a kid. I was like I thought I was so badass. It's like I'm such what a badass. With you know with my double disc Tupac album. Oh man, I know. I got beat up like because I thought I was super tough one time, you know, because I was like, too much Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. But yeah, uh, so yeah. Snoop, Snoop owns it now, so that's fitting. That's great mm-hmm. because I think Snoop, I think I like it better than the idea of Dre owning it. I think Snoop owning it because for for all the beef that Snoop had with Suge Knight and all the mm-hmm. bullshit like I'm surprised Snoop's alive I'm surprised he didn't get fucking shot and that whole thing cuz he was fucking really doing it back in the day and mm-hmm. he was not he was not fucking around with nobody and he you know but he escaped and went to No Limit Records with Master P and fucking got out but didn't get was still not getting shit from Doggy Style yeah in the chronic which is like the two biggest fucking records of that decade i mean those fucking records were huge 
like uh and so for him to now be an owner of death row like he that he owns it and he's doing the super bowl i mean talk about that that feels like snoop has finally come full circle to ultimate super saiyan fucking snoop right like now now suge's in jail and i own it so now it's my turn to do what i always wanted to do with my death row you know merchandise Mm -hmm. records what i wanted to release um so it's super cool and yeah really funny hasbro bought that well hasbro so that's the thing about these big that's really odd well, it's the thing about big corporate buyouts, right? So Hasbro announced a four million. Uh, this is all from Wikipedia. Uh, Hasbro announced a four billion dollar purchase of E1, making them the owners of Death Row because E1 was the entertainment group that bought Death Row, that absorbed Death Row after the bankruptcy, right? So because like an inter, I mean, that's the thing about these corporate buyouts. You buy like a thing, but you're buying like. 10 or 15 or 20 smaller companies that were all absorbed into uh, well, the rumor the rumor about that by the way why mm-hmm. Suge Knight's in jail right now and all that was that Dr. Dre was supposedly right this is hearsay uh, in court this did not happen mm-hmm. uh, um, that he was supposed to meet Suge Knight at like an In-N-Out burger or something to discuss mm-hmm. you know the masters to you know the, the chronic, chronic and, and mm-hmm. the sh- everything that fucking Dre and all eyes on me and everything Dre did for Death Row Records, mm-hmm. uh, but Dre, being a billionaire and not giving a fuck about that, just being still mad about the '90s, sent two goons to to fucking fuck Shug Knight up, right? <laughs> <laughs> to the to the burger, so he shows up there, and these guys show up to fuck him up or pull guns on him or something. Shug freaks out, he's about to leave, hits a guy with his F one fifty in the parking lot this is all on cctv camera and then like <laughs> is mad right did mm-hmm. this even happen because now he got set up and he's realized what happened so he ran over the guy again and made sure that he fucking killed him that time with the truck and then took off and that is what actually landed him in jail and and, and kind of sealed his fate because he yeah once they saw that they were like okay well you did run over a guy and you, we believe that you were kind of shook up about it but the second time you ran over the guy like <laughs> probably like kind of meant that that time right so oh my god so that that kind of makes it like cold-blooded when was murder? this though it was like 2019 2018 it was a few years ago and they, they gave Shug the 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 gavel dropped and Shug Knight you know passed out there's a famous video of him like passing oh, out yeah. in court like of realizing that like damn I'm never going to get out of jail and it's probably about that time 2006 when you know now I gotta mm-hmm. fill my commissary up because I'm probably never getting out of here and then later on snoop sneaky snoop comes in and says you know what you know what dre if you don't want it i'm gonna i'm buying all this shit i'm taking it i don't see i honestly don't know why death row i don't understand why you'd want to buy it i think he has aftermath he's been releasing records on aftermath forever what you absorb death row you gotta well could he then it becomes death row aftermath absolutely he could but here's the thing about dre you got to remember, Dre. Dre went with Jimmy. He went to Interscope, Eminem, mm-hmm. Fifty Cent, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, the the all those years of rumors of the Detox album that never came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Grand Theft Auto soundtrack and characters in Grand Theft Auto. He is trans beats audio billion dollar mm-hmm. deal. He has transcended music. He's a mogul. Yeah. Uh, 
he doesn't care but he cares right. enough to send a couple guys to in and out burger right but and Maybe. you know and he allegedly also, he also had a son killed you know one of his sons was killed and he he doesn't give a shit about them because he made just as much money as he did with the chronic as he did with the freaking marshall mathers lp right mm-hmm. like he probably made more money with the marshall mathers and get rich or die mm-hmm. trying or the games documentary or you know like off music he's probably album he's done it he he didn't stop at nwa mm-hmm. he he kept going for decades and decades and it, to the point where it doesn't really fucking he loves the chronic i'm sure he appreciates it uh but guys like him you know he's he made it much farther than anybody else uh maybe maybe not cinema uh graphically like ice cube but uh musically because mm-hmm. uh on the cinema i think ice cube has a heavier impact on on america well, yeah right? at this point ice cube friday, is next more friday. as an actor than he is as a musician like, yeah and in the three le- the threes league that he brought in like he he's he did went that a different die? what happened oh. to that is that it, the, the pandemic kill it mm, i stopped uh, hearing about it as much uh, but I don't think it's dead. I what think was that, uh, what was that league called? The Big Three, I believe. Big Three League, or yeah, Looks really like cool, really around. cool concept though, because it's something that I always thought about. I'm like, you know, the commissioner cool. of the, the of that is it's Clyde Drexler. Yeah, man, it's really cool concept. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, so here here's what I think. I think Dre and Ice Cube and anybody that probably even though ice cube wasn't a part of death row he was still a part of that era so i Mm -hmm. I think that you know it it would be it would make sense if he bought it but i think they grew beyond it to where they Mm -hmm. they kind of left it they they counted it as a loss but snoop was like as soon as i get the chance bitch i'm buying death row (laughs) (laughs) you know like i i'm I'm holding a grudge i feel like i feel like snoop is a little bit more petty than the other two are though well because they all have plenty of money they've all invested they've all done all this other shit they've all done whatever whatever all those dudes are super wealthy but i feel like i feel like snoop is just a little bit more petty like he like that's like that's some petty shit like i'm buying this record label because i can it's not because i want it dude it's his own but here's the deal is snoop never a uh, cinema mo what was he was in baby boy he's had some features that were really good and funny and memorable um he's a podcast he did it. snoop did not go full corporate like dre mm-hmm. and just say you know what I'm going corporate. The rest of you can fuck off. I'm 35. I'm not, I'm not making any more records. I'm not doing any of this shit. Like I'm fucking, you know, I'm going corporate mm-hmm. and I'm going to be an executive. What he did was he kept making fucking music and he came back and resurgence with uh, Pharrell and, you know, and all that mm-hmm. shit. And it was really good in the, in the early 2000s and then just stayed. Even if it was relevant or not, he was still circulating and percolating. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but Snoop, you know, the guest appearances, him and Lil Wayne are really good at this. They can pop up in the NFL or the NBA or the UFC or, you know, WWE. Mm -hmm. And they are a character. We like to see the character. We want to see it. We want to see Snoop smoking a J, coming down, hit the crit walk, and elbow on somebody. You know what I mean? Like, it's the character. They built the character. They are the brand. Mm -hmm. That's what he is. So... But here's the big thing, though, is without Snoop, Daz, Corrupt, Nate Dogg, Death Row doesn't do as good as it does. Neither does Dre. No. Snoop is the music, right? Yeah. 
He's the fucking music. So, well, did you see, by the way, who he signed to Death Row? Corrupt is back on Death Row. As and of this year. Nate Dogg's son, Inhale, is his name. Mm-hmm. Sounds mm-hmm. just like Nate. He's, they call oh, him really? Baby Nate. Yeah, he looks like Nate. He's like a light skinned, skinny version of Nate. And he's oh, a wow. fucking, he's a crip from uh, uh, South Central LA. He's like, he is. And I saw a picture with Snoop and Baby Nate sitting mm-hmm. at Nate Dog's grave on Instagram the other day. And I'm thinking, because I've been waiting, I'm like, because Dog Pound has been torn with him, Daz, right? Snoop's cousin and yeah. Corrupt, right? Who are Long Beach Crips and, you know, part of that lineage of that or whatever. Nate moved from Mississippi, by the way, in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so in, in Hill, he's been shot. He sells a lot of weed. You know what I mean? Like he is, he is the, it, I'm like, who's going to give this guy a shot? Why is he not, why is he not up yet? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this is their nephew. Like, he should be up in it now. And yeah, he's so, fine. but, and so we might at the Super Bowl tomorrow, we might see Baby Nate singing some of those hooks, man. They might be like, this is our debut. Well, that, so that's kind you know of the I mean? thing, right? That I'm thinking is, what are they going to do? Like, getting back to, you know, what started this whole conversation in the first place. Like, they're obviously not going to do any of Eminem's solo songs right they're probably gonna do i would imagine they're gonna do uh ain't nothing but a g thing 100 oh yeah they're gonna do gin and juice but they'll also do they'll do from uh 2001 the song with nate dog and eminem and snoop and and i can't quite the next episode that that'll be like the song so that would be so if inhale comes out and does that does the hold yeah. up yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like and he can do it he sounds just like he's like a replica it's really i'm glad that he's alive because nate dog losing nate dog is sad for music and um seeing that picture with him and snoop i'm like oh so snoop does talk to him he's not like you know mm-hmm. this distant person like they actually know each other and like they, uh, well enough to where they went to a grave like you don't go to a grave and mourn and celebrate mm-hmm. with, in, with just anybody. You do it with someone yeah. who cares and that like you have not So when I saw that, I was like, oh man, I was like, baby mate, you know, he's coming out. Mm-hmm. Inhale, he might he might just debut at the Super Bowl and they might just give it to him right there. I'm like, here you go, man. Now mm-hmm. you're now you're Nate Dog. You got big shoes to fill. Here you go. Those you are know? some big shoes to fill, like honestly. Is Nate Dog never he had a couple of, didn't he have like two studio albums that nobody bought him? His like big thing was he was never, He had a couple, but didn't he have like studio albums that bought him? The big thing was he was